<clears throat> hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Squatch Talk. And tonight we've got a just a free for all bash, just super casual. You might hear, we might talk about God, I don't know. And tonight we've got uh -oh. a, oops, hold on. Just a free for all bash, just super <laughs> casual. Uh, where is we it? Might hear, we might talk about God, I don't know. Uh, and I blew it. <laughs> I just like hearing myself talk. That's all it is. Um. Anyway. Oh, okay. Was that you? Yeah, yeah. That was me. That was me. I, I did that. I did that. It's kind of a playback delay. <laughs> it is. What it is is that when I go to it to to copy the link to uh, paste it, paste it and put it on the Squatch Talk group, then I forget to to back out of it. <laughs> So it goes. It goes live right after I hit the go live button. So, yeah. uh, hey chat, what's up? Um, thank you, thank you for the birthday wishes. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's just um, I just figured I would just do a free for all and invite, like, throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. You know? <laughs> and uh, and so join me tonight is uh, Thomas Steenberg who uh, is first time here on Squash Talk, actually. And uh, so I'm actually kind of excited about that. We'll probably pick his brain a little bit tonight, at least. I don't want to dive too deep into the, the Squatchy minutia, if you will, but, you know, it is it is called Squatch Talk. And uh, and Steve from uh, Curious Cryptid. So how are you guys doing? Oh, pretty good. Still kind of fighting my way through the uh, audio from uh, a week ago. The, the audio. Oh, Brent, Brent and I were were down at a uh, research oh, yeah. area. Yes. So yeah, the some of the audio that you guys captured, I which I heard somewhat. No, well, you you heard the most I, fun I, part. What? The the wow. the, oh. the the most likely owl call. Okay. Is, uh, where, where where was that, Steve? Uh, it was uh, down near Elbe. In Washington? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, I, it, I, think it, I, I think I saw it on YouTube, your video. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you uh, sound like an owl. I, I think so. It, yeah. it was. It's just a less common call, and it's one that we had not heard in the area. Yeah. Now, the footage of the woods... I was curious about this. So I was going to comment on it. Was that footage of the woods at the time the audio was recorded, or no. was that just background footage to have something in the screen? That was just to have something on the screen. It's that's pretty what dark. I thought. That's right. It I thought is pretty dark here at eleven p.m. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was awful light out for eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the height of the summertime in late June, but no. <laughs> But it was in the same basic area. Yep. Beautiful area by the look of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, so you have determined what you caught was an owl? Uh, the first call, we finally found a, a duplicate call in a library that is an owl. Uh, my wife's going to do a little more to dig that out, and then we'll put a link up. 
I, I was basically I was experimenting in in hopes of trying to invoke the nerd cloud, and and we may do that. Wildlife enthusiasts, someone somewhere has just about every call of just about every animal. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Um, do you know what owl it is? What what type of owl? Uh, it, it's a barred owl. At least the call my wife found. Okay, it's a bard. Yeah. Yeah, they're funny sounding sometimes. They are. What's it, the standard bard owl call that you usually hear? But it, it, it doesn't have the same pitch and tone to it, but uh, it was it was a little different. Well, you know, they they do they make they uh, they have a call where they sound a lot like a monkey. Mm -hmm. Very similar. Very mm -hmm. similar. Yeah, they have they have the monkey chatter. They have about 15 or 20 different unique calls but but the most common one is the who 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 yeah which which was funny that actually occurred in in the middle between the two calls we had but it was in a different direction and neither Brent nor I nor my wife even heard the obvious owl in between the two Sure, man. I mean, things can get, you know, things can get mixed up, especially with distance and, you know, however, whatever kind of terrain you're in. And and if they start, like, calling over each other. Yeah. Sense, you it, know? Sounds, it sounds to me like you had more than one there. Oh, almost certainly. I, I, I think that the two that we heard... Uh, the first one and the third one in that video, uh, I think that's two different owls. Mm -hmm. I still think I still think the other one is an owl too. We just haven't found that call yet. But the one in between was from a completely different direction, and we were so startled by the one that was close to us, we didn't even hear it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I Funny mean, how that happens. I've heard. You know, I've heard chimp chatter in the woods, and uh, to this day, I, I don't know if it was a barred owl or not. I can't say because of the distance, you know. And uh, but that's what it sounded like to me, <laughs> you know. Like, um, and I did hear wood knocks that night, so you know, I don't know, you know. Wildlife makes such a variety of calls and stuff of it. My personal philosophy has always been: if you don't see what did it, there could be other explanations for it. And yeah. uh, you know, I've heard so many strange noises in the woods that I've never was never able to identify. But unless I see it, I'm not going to say a Sasquatch is responsible for it. And uh, you know, too many people like to jump on the bandwagon nowadays and say everything is Sasquatch related and. Uh, it's almost like it's wishful thinking on their part rather than it seriously is. considering what could be making the call. Yeah, they want they that's it's it's almost like it's what they want it to be. Yeah. Um I have a good example ignorance though. You know, even if it's not what you want it to be, ignorance can play a role. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> and I have a good example of that in my own life when I I didn't have a lot of experience in the woods. <clears throat> say even 10 years ago and I'm still not like a super experienced, you know, like bush guy, you know, uh, but 
but I like going out in the woods. And one day I was with my buddy Ernie on some private land and, uh, he's, he's a lot more experienced than I am. And I hear this roar off in the distance like this. It, it just sounded, it was like, you know, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. I was like, dude, did you hear that? Oh my God. You know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, dude, that was a woodpecker. <laughs> because at just the right distance, a woodpecker's like machine gun knocks when it goes like when it does the. Okay. Yeah. At just the right distance from your ear and, and whatever the foliage is, it that gets dulled into it, but it's still echoey, you know. Yeah, that, well, so, that's like when Brent and I were listening to that uh coyote back on December 28th, we were at just kind of the right distance where most of the time it had to be a coyote, but about a third of the time it was, What the heck is that? Uh, well, I'm convinced that the the uh the coyotes, uh language if you will has not been fully uh documented because i every time i hear them they they make some different sound i've heard them sound i have heard them sound like hyenas like not exactly but close enough to make you go whoa like i want to go i want to go kill that thing right now that's why that's why i went through a hard time in 2006 when we uh published what we saw on what we came was it's going to be known as the Shahala sounds. I don't know if uh, many of you remember that. A lot of people, there was a, a couple in the trailer park there that said they had the on the flats where there's been numerous reports of Sasquatch in the past, um, said something was making these howling noises and the late John Green suggested they put their camcorder out and they said, uh, well, why? It's too dark out to see anything. I asked, we said, yeah, but at least we'll hear what you're talking about. Right. And they did, and we heard them. And we got very excited because they were just like the Powalip recordings of 1969-70, the Shahomas recordings in 1979, and the Klamath River recordings in 1993. Sounds that I would have bet back then have bet money would probably turn out to be Sasquatch in origin just because they were so strange we couldn't figure out what did it. But uh, on in, in April April of uh, 2006, Jerry Matthews and myself were out in the flats. We heard the sounds. We went racing towards them, thinking we're going to see what did it. And we did. It was a coyote. It looked like invisible hands were squeezing its animal's guts when it let out this incredible cry. And when a second coyote came bounding out of the bush, they both reverted back to that yip, yip, yipping noise we've all heard a million times. And it looked like a happy reunion between two puppies. And they were jumping all over each other, and they went rambling off towards uh, Morris Valley Road and happiest clams. So we were very happy we discovered what was making these noises and very disappointed when it wasn't what we were hoping it was. I'll bet a lot of people were kind of unhappy about that. They were, especially people who use these sounds, various sounds in their call blasting expeditions. When we announced that it was nothing but a coyote and more likely these other famous recordings, we probably explained that in them away too, because they were so similar. There were so many people out in the Sasquatch community that just didn't want to hear that. 
They just didn't want to hear it. I even had one guy say what was probably a Sasquatch impersonate. <laughs> and I thought, wow, you're willing to accept a Sasquatch did it, but you won't accept a coyote did it. But okay, that's strange to me, but there you go. I have a better one. It was a Sasquatch that had shape-shifted into a coyote, oh. sounding like a coyote. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, Leon. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Steve. And happy birthday, 55 old man. Prost. And I'm not, I, I don't even have a buzz, if you can believe that. I, I find that hard to believe. Leon, <laughs> I don't. If he's an old man, I'm the walking dead. So hey, I'm, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a little behind you, son. The walking dead was still skin on my bone. <laughs> that is so funny. You guys just did the weirdest thing to me because as a goof, I put the thumbnail. If you saw the thumbnail for the show tonight on yeah. the YouTube thumbnail, that's from the set of The Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, wearing the yeah. makeup. I see, and that's yeah. It's me. Well, I had a, I had a mask, so it looks funny because there's like this thing up on my head, but it's it's actually a mask. So when you st when you stop shooting, you take that thing off. It's the middle of summer in Georgia. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's funny you guys say that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm <clears throat> forty nine years. I, I'm on the right side exactly. of the You're 49 years old today. Yeah. No way. Because I saw, well, okay. You, you, well, well, maybe maybe you did what I did for two times, which I thought I was 55. And then I realized I'm not 55, I'm 54. Uh, <laughs> because I thought I just finished seeing a uh, post of a memory of a year ago when it was your 49th birthday. And it was pictures uh, of you and your girlfriend. Well, then that, that would have been a typo. But she she posted a similar thing tonight. Oh, maybe that's why I yeah. get confused to my old senior. Yeah. One, one or the other was a typo. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was born, I was born in 1972. So. Oh, happy birthday! Thanks. The Brent. year Roger Patterson died. He, he died in 72. Yeah. I did not know that. How did I not know that? Holy cow! Or was it seventy one? No, it's seventy two. I thought I thought he like died in the eighties or something. I don't no, know. no, 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 no. Hoskins lymphoma. Yeah, uh, nineteen seventy two. Yeah. His wife is still alive, uh, isn't she? Yeah. Patricia. Pat yeah, Mom? yeah, she is. Still lives in the same little house in Yakima. Wow. Does Doesn't she, she have? At least she did the last time I talked to her. That was over does, a year and a half ago. Now, yeah. Does she, have, she have? Does she have the original film? No. I was just gonna ask that. No. Oh, she doesn't. No, no, she does not. Uh, there's oh, a, that... a bit of, a bit of. You mean the camera original? There's a bit of controversy where that is. Some say it's still in the hands of the lawyer's office in, in Miami. Some say some guy found what was left of it in a garage sale a little while ago. We don't I really know. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I thought. Yeah, I thought Patricia Patterson owned the rights, and that's what M. K. Davis used to oh. you know, put forth his massacre debacle no what caused that and i can tell you and i kind of blame ourselves a little bit for that uh, myself chris murphy and rick knoll when we were working on uh, meet the sasquatch in 2004 we sent a copy a very bad copy of a lecture film john green had put together in the early 70s it was a, a lecture film that he made for public speaking purposes 
And that film was uh, a bit of the, had the Parish and Gimlin footage on it. Had a few snippets from the second roll of film, you know, Roger holding up the castings under the tree and a few shots of the footprints. And it had uh, another home movie from uh, John at the Victoria Museum where the lady's holding up the mask and everything. And there was a shot of an old couple on a mountainside somewhere. Uh, but it was all for public speaking purposes. And nobody had ever seen this. This film had never been put out on the net or anything like that. And... Uh, MK and the late Bobby Short and Pilates got a hold got a hold of this, and we were because MK was had a good reputation among us all for the stabilization work he had done earlier yeah. on a PG film. He was looking at this, and parts of this film was the Blue Creek Mountain footage, which was mostly dependence from the previous August September. He thought he was looking at never before seen footage of the Parish and Gimlin film. Mm. Right. And that's where all this massacre stuff uh, grew out of, in my opinion. And uh, no, it is. He took, and he took, and he took certain stills and he changed the contrast to make the pilot's hands look blood red and the yes. water look blood red. And I'm sorry, but when you alter images to try to give a false impression of what's actually there, that's hoaxing by any definition I know. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So uh, no. Well, so we kind of blame ourselves for it because the only reason MK ever got a look at this stuff is because we were trying to get his opinion on for uh, for other things for the the book um, Meet the Sasquatch. Well, another thing I understand from the the way they typically copied film from one to the next at that time was uh, if it was poorly done, if the chemistry was wrong or the light was wrong. Each generation gets a little more red and a little more red. The the window gets a little dirtier every time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the film the film they actually used had a notorious pr problem with it doing that it, just by aging. So, well, if you're talking about the if, if you're talking about the Patterson Gimlin film itself, he used Chrome two film. Right. In 1967, that first batches that came out in '66 and '67. We're having problems with overexposure. A lot of people don't know this. So it was like Gimlin always told me, and I've been good friends with Bob Young for years. He said the fall colors were beautiful, but they didn't jump out at you like what you see in that film. <clears throat> right? He even says yeah. that, uh, he always thought there was something wrong with the film because the creature he saw with his eyes wasn't the black, dark blackish gray you see in the Parish and Gimlin footage. He thought it was of a more of a dark brown color. Hmm. Yeah. So sure. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, 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 Thomas, so Thomas, you like you really like the Patterson Gimlin film, right? You, you believe it's a real subject in there? If the Sasquatch does indeed exist, I think Roger Patterson, Bob Gimlin, one film one on October twentieth, nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. So why were do you, why do you think they were able to get that film versus like all of us? You know, like since then, that hasn't really been able to get much traction that with getting that type of, of footage. Biggest annoying things that I can't have an I don't have an attitude. You think we would with everybody carrying pocket cameras with them everywhere nowadays? Yeah. What do you What do you think about? Uh, wasn't there two other tracks that was found with? There was three different tracks and all that alerted Bob and and uh, uh, Roger to go down to the uh, Bluff Creek area. The whole reason Bob and uh, and uh, Roger went down there was they were contacted by John Green because they were up in the Mount St. Helens region earlier and said something's been found 
down in Northern California with all these tracks in the Blue Creek Mountain. That was late August, early September. And Roger at the time had an idea of making a homemade documentary film yeah. about himself looking for for the Sasquatch. <clears throat> and that's yeah. why he went down there. He was hoping to get shots of some of these footprints that were down there. But most of the Blue, Blue Creek Mountain tracks were gone by the time they got down. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, he was looking for any kind of prints, <clears throat> as well as getting B footage, right, for the, for the documentary. Correct. And of course, his whole documentary idea went right out the window the moment he got film of what he thought was uh, considered a real creature. Yeah, that that yeah. took. I think that took them by surprise as, as much as they took it. Oh yeah. But I I can answer your question, Brent. I mean, I have a theory on it at least, and um, I, no one's. I, I don't know. I'll give you my theory. Those, they were out there for two weeks on horseback yeah. mm -hmm. in, in that area at that time. And it's fairly remote. You know, I know that they were building a road nearby. And, and so there was logging going on, but mm -hmm. it's fairly remote. And uh, out there for two weeks on horseback. Who does that in the Bigfoot world? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> It's all weekend Roger, warrior type of stuff. Yeah, well, Roger, so, Roger Roger Parrish right. could because he was basically self-employed and never liked working for other people. But uh, Bob had, was having problems. As a matter of fact, he wanted to head home because he had a job and responsibilities. So, <laughs> and they were operating on uh, Bob's money, Bob's gas, Bob's vehicles, Bob's horses. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not very likely that uh, that's going to be a hoax scenario where they're going to you know, waste all that time and money and resources into a hoax. You know, plus there's only one take of that too. Usually if you're going to do a hoax or something, you'll have multiple takes and, and, you know, Bob had a loaded weapon too. And, you know, I don't know. I, I like the Patterson Gimlin film. The yeah, Green film is the I one I'm very skeptical of. If they were going to fake it, I don't think they would have wasted three quarters of the role of them uh, shooting each other, pulling the pack horse through the fall colors. Yeah, the only only the last nine hundred and fifty two frames of that roll of film uh, where they picked what is the encounter, and then he just kept the the camera going until the film ran out. And then there were hundred foot rolls, right? Yeah, well, that I just doesn't it. make sense. Yeah, yeah. I see. And of course, back then you had no way of knowing if you actually got anything until you got the damn thing developed. So, I I say oh, this. Um, here's my thing about all that, and it is my biggest talking point is. Who in the world, what person in the world could fill that volume, even if it were some kind of suit that could not have been constructed at the time? There was no four-way stretch, spandex, latex. Um, the materials didn't exist. So who could have filled that volume? Who could have filled the, the, those thighs, the, that 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 uh, 30 like 36 inch across the back waist, those big giant shoulders, who could have, what human being on the planet could have filled it? Because I, I, I can tell you right there, now, like there's no known human on the planet at the time that could have been those size. Now her proportions are roughly the same size as Andre the Giant in the 1980s, Andre the Giant. Not 1967, Andre the Giant. He was much, much leaner than he was 21 years old. 
Uh, he, well, I think he, there's, there's there's some debate about the actual height of Patty, depending upon what uh, I, what lens you think is being used. Yeah, the the ballpark is about seven two, and now so if you're four inches off, what you're still at six ten, or if you're four inches off the other way, you're at you know. Mm-hmm. Seven, yeah, I heard six. as low as six two, uh, but I mean it's one of those things where. I mean, who really knows? I guess um, it's there's um, been some there's been some uh, geometry and trigonometry done as best as can be done with that that type of film, and uh, I'm fairly confident that the seven two mark is probably about right because even if that thing was six two, it still had it still had a huge volume to it. You now, know? wasn't there a stick in the sandbar that got kicked up in in the film? That they were able to go and measure? I think so. And that stick today is in possession of uh, of uh, Eric DeHinden. And um, he still has it, as far as I know. So with Renee, uh, sorry to, to Ogre or whatever, uh, but with Renee, uh, you know, he has a lot of information still, doesn't he? Like a lot of uh, his notes and, and all that stuff, doesn't he? That's still kind of just lingering and... You know, is his family interested in the subject at all, or uh, Eric, De, Eric DeHinden doesn't really do any research and stuff, and he keeps a lot of his late father's stuff in his farm in the in the shoe shop area of British Columbia. But a lot of Rennie's paperwork, paperwork and files ended up in the hands of Larry Lund after he died. Okay, yeah, Larry Lund, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, I, I really liked uh, Rene DeHinden. He. Uh, I liked his swagger. He uh, he spoke his mind, and, and he he was confident in what he said. Oh yeah, Renee was Renee. There's no other way to describe. Well, they were all kind of yeah. confident back back then in the '70s, weren't they? All kind of like confident. One could even argue arrogant. Didn't they? Well, didn't, wasn't there a lot of infighting between like the old school? Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Well, well, I'm one of the few guys that knew them all and could do work with them all. And never got sucked into their personal wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you couldn't get them in a room together half the time. And for some reason, like Renee would always every time I goes with Renee, he said, "So what did that technician think about this or that?" You know, and I, I'm not going to tell you, Renee. I don't tell him what you say, and I won't tell him. I won't tell. Uh, you what he says. <laughs> he, he didn't like it, but he didn't hold it against me. He held it against so many others. I don't know why. Yeah. So I have a question. Steve, you're, Steve you were talking about that uh, stick uh, yeah. they found. Uh, is that because of Coalition of Critical Thinking had that little math? Uh, somebody posted that little math uh, test there to figure out how big, uh, what's his name was? Uh, oh, Kip? Yeah. Uh, no, I'd, I'd seen that mentioned in another documentary somewhere. Yeah, because they posted it there, and it's a 24-inch stick on a 45-degree angle. Right. And then Skip is walking there, and then he's – I'm not too sure. I can't remember the guy's name. We actually the original post, Brent, you might, or Pat, you might. But, uh, I, I think it was David, uh, Daniel Perez. Oh, that's right. And I mean, it's a good, that's kind of good things to be teaching people though. I think it is, it is, but if, 
you know, yeah, I don't know if that was a rub at the the Patty film or not. No, no, no. He actually he actually put it up there to see if people knew how to do it because it's well, you need that information. That's good quality information. If you yeah. have something like that and you see something and you find a stick there and you can figure out what the stick size is, you'd be able to negotiate what size it actually was. You know, it's well, like, it, I, uh, I a know. lot of people thought that with the uh, Patty's foot feet because the tracks are fourteen and one and a half inches long. So right. that we know. And yeah. that is definite information we can go off of. Therefore, that's why uh, I, I, I'm definitely in the Meldrum camp on this, where he's he, as a professional scientist, is fairly convinced Patty was about 7'2". She wasn't 6 feet. She wasn't 10 feet, right, to be fair. It doesn't, you know. And, yeah, uh, seven, and seven so, foot is, is a general number that I've, I've heard, you know, but I've heard as low as 6'2". And... No, I think I think it was first initially thought it was like eight, nine feet tall on the, on the first initial right. Uh, and plus measurements of it. Plus, we have a witness, Bob Ginland. He was closer to Patty than Roger was. And of course, Roger's looking through, a you know, Roger's gone anyway. But Bob Ginland was there looking at this thing. And he, I, I you know, like, I don't know. Pretty sure if I if we could call him up on the phone right now, he'd probably say she was about seven feet tall. You know, I don't think he would say five feet. You know, no, he he, yeah, he well, always said he was she was almost as tall as he was, and he was on horse. There yeah, you well, go. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it was Bob Bob Hieronymus that I think was uh, the man that most alleged in the suit, uh, and he had one eye, so it was like, man, if if he was in that suit, it's like he he would have done really good on one take, you know, with one eye looking back and and doing all that stuff i say i still say what suit i see zero yeah. evidence of a suit like it the technology for that form and i mean you can see her legs her giant calf muscles dude her glutes i'm not trying to be weird well you know uh, pendulous, Phil, Phil morris breath. said he he did it so uh yeah, but he obviously he hasn't been able to replicate it. No, and when he That's tried, and when I he tried, Carol would have a hard time replicating yeah. it. Again, he tried back to my thumbnail. You he know, tried for a National Geographic film, uh, making a suit that actually Hieronymus wore, and they were so unimpressed and decided not to use any of the footage. They said, "Gee, Morris, you did a better job in '67 based yeah. on nothing." That you're doing now based on your so-called own design. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's a local guy. Oh, conclusive. <laughs> uh, to me, it's just, it's very conclusive. I've, I, I've, I've researched, it, researched it as much as I can without building a time machine, you know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, and the film site's more remote today than it was in 67, but uh, even then it was hard to get to. There was a road right along the creek back then, but it had been discontinued since 64, and great parts of it were washed away, but there was still some of it you could follow for good stretches. You go there today, it's completely gone. Yeah, it's Bluff, Bluff Creek. You're right. Bluff Creek yeah. is uh, – people think it's the mecca of the Bigfoot world. It's like, no, it's very hard to get to. Not a lot of people go there. <laughs> yeah. I went, I've been there twice myself. I was there in 83 – and you could still recognize it barely because the clearing was filled with new trees growing. There were about, no, 
five and a half, six feet tall. At the time. Yeah, that would have just been 16 years later. Yeah. Right, right. And when I went there a second time in 2003, it was a forest again. So uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't even a clearing anymore. Uh, the great work done by uh, the, the, uh, the uh, I think they call themselves the Bluff Creek Project, they've confirmed that a lot of the artifacts you see in the footage are actually still there. The big like, tree, yeah. the smiling stump and all that. The big, was, the big log that you see in three fifty two, it's gone. The, but, uh, what about the, uh, the yeah, the what about the tree that was like knocked that, that had been knocked down or had fallen over the 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 cypress? That's when he just yeah, that's when he mentioned it. It's it's no longer there. It's, it's not there. there. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the Hindu noticed it was lying straight on the ground when he was there in the mid seventies. It had fallen over. Yeah. So it's not there anymore. Not even no. the root. Not even the root ball. No, it's completely gone as far as I know. Yeah. It could have been from flooding, too. Yeah. 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 Most, of the, most of the new trees are new uh, cedars and firs growing up. So, yeah. So, so Thomas, what is your opinion about uh, uh, the Paul Freeman footage? That's considered the second best footage in uh, all of the subject here. I, I, I assume you're talking about the one where he goes, there he goes. There he yeah. goes. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> Freeman took a couple of films. I heard that that there's another footage, but it's like it's so rare that it's you can't find it. Which I'm just I've only seen it. I've only seen it once, and he took a series of uh, still photos too. This now I'm only expressing my opinion. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, the Freeman film is his son Dwayne in a suit. Mm -hmm. Dwayne is a big man, just like Paul was. And I think he used the same suit uh, as he did in the earlier footage and the photos. But that's I just see. my opinion. That's just my opinion. Yeah, Paul um, Freeman. Paul Freeman. I knew him. I knew him as a human being. You couldn't ask for better. And I can state with an absolute confidence: if the world was filled with Paul Freeman, the world would be a better place. But for some reason, on this subject, Ivan Markson. So, do you think he originally had experiences before? And then he uh, just kind of wanted to to keep that magic going. (laughs) Um, In 82, when he had his first encounter as a watershed ranger, Mm -hmm. uh, I believed him. And I defended him a lot longer than I should have. But Rene would tell me, go talk to Arden. Go talk to this guy. Go talk to that guy. And I did. (laughs) I listened. And I learned. And... uh, Paul's co-workers uh, basically informed me that he talked about nothing but Sasquatch from the day he started the job. And his manager told me that, um, you know, I've had a dozen guys do that route that Freeman did, never saw a thing, and the first time Paul Freeman goes out, he sees Sasquatch. So, yeah. Take, take for what it's worth. Um, well, Freeman, like I said, for some reason on this subject, Ivan Mark syndrome. Uh, well, that's he was also, uh, yeah, he was also alleged to uh, hoaxing tracks, too, that he admitted yes, to he, he admitted uh, the to police. That, yeah. 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 Who? Yeah. Who, Brent? Yeah. Paul Freeman? Yeah. And so, uh, didn't, didn't... However, Meldrum, Meldrum thinks some of Freeman's tracks were probably authentic, so... Yeah, so yeah. Meldrum, Meldrum made a surprise visit to Freeman, mm-hmm. and... and I, I don't know the whole story. All I know is that Meldrum kind of popped in on Freeman once. Yeah, yeah. Him, yeah him and his brother, yeah. 
Yeah. So, and then the whatever tracks that uh, Meldrum ended up seeing, I think in that um, interaction, he determined is real. So, so that kind of creates a head scratcher a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Grover Krantz too also felt that some of Freeman's tracks are probably real. He told me he thinks Freeman faked some and maybe found some others. You know, I think his first ones were probably real. That's what Grant said. And then maybe he started hoaxing after that. See, what I call Ivan Marks syndrome is Ivan Marks is the first example of this I ever knew. A lot of people know Ivan Marks was first gained prominence in the Sasquatch field from the Bosberg Cripple incidents at 69-70, right? But Ivan liked the attention more than the subject. So he right. started making stuff up and hoaxing stuff to remain the center of attention. He was the first example of this, I know, so I called it Ivan Mark syndrome. So. I, yeah, I uh, think that probably happens a lot more in the Bigfoot world than we realize. I think it happens a hell of a lot. Yeah, that, that, that people... I think we realize it. I don't think that's a big secret. I think most of us realize it. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. just just as like, so, you know, a lot of people that we could call out as hoaxers, Maybe had a real experience at some point, yeah. and and kind of going through the uh, the psychological process that uh, Thomas just stated. Mm -hmm. Except Ivan Marks, he first thing he did was when the Bosberg Cripple was going on a little later on, when he started coming down a bit, he claimed he got a film of the Bosberg Cripple creature, and it was obviously a hoax uh, film. You know the thing where it's walking and it sort of looks like it's injured and stuff a lot of people think it was probably ivan himself in a cheap costume and and, and peter burns went to the spot he found out where it was filmed because a, a kid in the area knew exactly where it was and ivan said it was over seven feet tall as compared to these branches on this tree and went under which are eight feet off the ground and burns went there you notice the branches were only five feet off the ground so, mm -hmm. you know he said so no <laughs> and of course, I and of course, course Mark said, "Well, I'll let you have the film for ten thousand dollars or something like that." <laughs> right. And then he said he had one. He had captured one, and he was holding it in a, a mine shaft in a cage, and he and he'd uh, let people see it or have it for ten grand and stuff. And well, nothing ever came of that, of course. So the whole Bosberg cripple thing turned into a circus. It was kind of like the right, kind of like John like Green said. It was like being between. You had your Dehinden camp and you had your <laughs> Green camp there, and he said it was like being Poland in between Germany and Russia just before Barbarossa was launched. <laughs> well, uh, can can I ask you guys a question, and uh, you can address it as you will individually or discuss it amongst yourselves. But um, I'm, I'm curious to know this, especially with this this group I have here. Um, there, there's a there's a compilation of uh, sort of what you would say are outlandish stories in the Bigfoot world. So that go way beyond, you know, just like a, a 30 second stare down with an obvious, you know, eight foot tall monkey man, but and more into interaction. Okay, and I'm not I'm not talking about the rubbing rubbing garlic on you or anything like that. I'm just saying there are other stories out there 
that are actually compelling. I found some of these stories very compelling that that involve a long-term react um, interaction with sometimes some type of Sasquatch that is usually it's usually on a, a a younger level, so either children or teenagers that have long like long-term interactions with Sasquatch. Let me. So my question is this: Do you think that that like statistically should be an anomaly that happens every so often. I just wish some of these people would pull a camera out every now and then. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of these, a lot of these interactions, uh, a lot of the stories of those types of interactions happened a very long time ago, like, uh, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. We've had cameras since about 1820. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's always possible that uh, you'll have some type of interaction. I mean, you'll see that with, I mean, there's a, a little girl here in Seattle who has a relationship with the local raven population and she'll feed them and they bring her different trinkets, you know, so there's different, you know, there's relationships that can go beyond just humanity, you know, uh, that you can have with nature. So, I mean, it's always possible, but I'm always skeptical about with claims like that, just because, you know, you just, you can't verify it. You, it sounds nice, but we've also found that and seen that there's a lot of hoaxing going on where a lot of people say that, and it ends up not being true. Uh, Janice Carter being one of them. And, wow. and, you know, so it's like, right. it's like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's unfortunate that there's so much negative and hoaxing and lying going on that it overshadows, uh, you know, the, the good potential stuff. Yeah, you go to visit, the ghosts don't show up. You go to visit, the Bigfoot don't show up. You go to visit, the UFO don't show up. Yeah, and I don't think I'm that bad of a person. And here I am, yeah. you know, Unless never running into standing. a Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, I think I touched standing now. <laughs> what do you think, Leon? Um, I don't know. I was just thinking in my head. I remember talking to one of the ex uh, uh, uh drug inspectors here at the police a few well a couple of decades ago we were out camping and he was talking about i think i mentioned this one time he was talking about a call that had come in this is when he was just a regular rcmp officer and there was a woman who had reported that her children found uh were playing with a monkey down by the lake and he was one of the officers that attended there. And when he took the report, she had said that her kids were down by the lake on the beach. They're fairly young kids. Like, I can't remember exactly the age, but um, like below 13 probably. And they came running back to where their little cabin or their cabin was and said that there's a monkey. We were there. She asked where they were. And she said, well, we were playing with the monkey that was down on the beach. And uh, so she went back to check it out and uh there was footprints and all that kind of stuff so she thought it was important that she should phone the police and so and that's what he told me he said yeah there was definitely tracks there and stuff they weren't they weren't monkey tracks <laughs> like they're too big to be monkey tracks so i mean i don't know i i remember working up in forestry up north there and sitting out in front of these two guys they're kind of like hillbilly kind of boys and along the river up by uh oh i can't remember the area thomas you might even this might ring a bell in your head anyways we're sitting there having coffee visiting these guys next thing you know there's two grizzlies coming down the creek 
And I said, holy shit, you guys have got two grizzlies coming down the creek. And they just said, oh, no, that's so-and-so. And so I can remember their names. They have Bo and something else. For <laughs> and uh, apparently they raise these grizzlies and uh, let them loose or whatever. And they periodically come back and just hang around the camp with them, you know. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it, like Thomas says, ideally, uh, that's, you know, your perfect report. Like the one I had up here in the Okanagan, you know, Sasquatch came in, destroyed my garbage bins, wrecked the fence, and I got a picture of it here of the track, and it all turns out to be just bloody bogus. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I think that's, I don't know, there's some other thoughts in my head I want to kind of ask you guys or tag team a bit but with you guys too on. Yeah. Um, one of them was, when I got interviewed for that snake oil documentary there, John had asked me, is there a danger for people who go online and watch some of these channels? And I sent a message off to Brent to ask him to get a hold of Richter for me, because there was an incident that Matthew Johnson did where he started having his healing retreats. And this, I think the guy's name was Gibson. Do you remember what the name of it was? Robert Quinn. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, Robert Quinn. And he, he's gone there three times by this point. And he did a testimonial that the Sasquatches healed him from his leukemia. Yeah. And it just totally rang a bell with me regarding faith healers. Yeah. You know, they, oh, yeah. They, they have. Yeah. And then so the person comes off their medication because they believe if I take the medication, it'll somehow diminish my faith in God healing me but the problem is they die right and the other thing about that testimony in the testimony when you watch that video the guy actually says uh, they can cure this but the regimen is very difficult so here you had a, a form of disease his particular type of leukemia that could be treated and somehow between the narration and interaction with Matthew Johnson and what he was declaring, he went into magical thinking, believing that, and this happens a lot with people when you're, you know, when you're close to death, you'll reach out for anything. And um, so the first question I have is anyone, if anyone's watching right now, is I'd like to know more information about that story. I got rent out there and a couple of other people checking in on it. For yeah, me. well, I, I could probably get you so, uh, just tell you something right now. Uh, sure. uh, the, the more information on that is Matt is now claiming that Robert Quinn is coming back as a force ghost type of thing, you know, like on oh, Star Wars. Me. Yeah, so he's he's actually interacting there that obviously no one else can see, but Matt can, you know, interpret his uh his essence or whatever, but yeah, so he's there with all the, I don't even know what his hey, four, do four you know that, people are. Do you know, Brent, if that's in one of his videos where he says that? It, it is, yeah. You know, if you uh, go in the coalition and just type Matt uh, Ghost, or, you know, I'll, I'll try and locate that video, help you locate that yeah, video, but I yeah. Mean, it was, I was trying to track down his obituary just for legal purposes, right? Because here you have the testimony, so you got the guy actually saying it. We actually yeah. we have his obituary where he's actually passed on. And mm -hmm. that, you know, because there's some, there's some, it used to drive me crazy a lot of times, even before I got online doing the Bigfoot stuff, which was people's brain in regards to being in the bush. You have no idea what nature is anymore. 
as much. I mean, yeah. we, we probably do a bit more than most people, but uh, the, you know, like uh, there's some terrible things that can happen to you in the bush. <laughs> and the, this idea that we're kumbaya, one with nature, that attitude can get you killed when you're yeah, in the bush. Yeah, people it, can't it get people killed. People can't imagine doing the things that I used to do growing up, going out and camping. I mean, my family would go out camping, but I'd go up on a weekend uh, on my own and, and camp in a lot of these areas. Never gave it a second thought. The forest is a is wilderness, and wilderness can be cruel and yep. brutal. Yes. And it's no place for the timid. Yeah. 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 You respect it. it. Like uh, Les Stroud said it best, and so I'm not going to take credit for this. Nature doesn't care. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not out to get you, and it's not out to be your friend. Nature is just nature. It doesn't care. It's going to do what it does, no matter what. Yeah. That's why when people are like, "Oh, don't worry about taking a gun out there. They'll they'll ruin your interactions." It's like, geez, are you serious? It's a uh, there's a lot of things to worry about out there. You got bears, cougars, other people, you know, uh, there, there's a lot to definitely fear out there. And there's a lot of people out there giving bad information. Yeah. And they get closer. And, and it doesn't make any sense. You know, all these statements we make, well, don't take a gun out there because they, it'll stop your interaction. Well, then why do we have reports of hunters bumping into yeah. them? Now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't take a camera because they can detect a camera. Well, then how come we have, <laughs> blob squatch pictures or uh you know we're driving in an electric uh, vehicle with gas with a lot of electronics on it's on the roadway and they're yeah in, I, I don't i don't electronics they're like yeah it's like uh, there, are, there are a lot of people that just like the merry-go-round of excuses to keep them. yeah it's the excuses yeah. and I, I can't deal with those excuses it's like yeah. if you're interacting yeah. with them on a regular basis or are able to track them or whatever man you, you should be able and, to get some sort of better footage and or any sort of evidence yeah, and there are a lot of people who call themselves researchers who really don't want to see this mystery solved one way or the other because they like it the way it is. Yeah, yeah. they like they like pretending to be a modern day Mulder and Scully. You know, it's LARPing, yeah. live action role play. So it's, yeah. they're out there playing this role of a Bigfoot researcher, and yeah. and you know they're they're out there creating all these. Uh, That's a good events. question. Here's a good question: Would would some of those like researcher type YouTube channels, or even my YouTube channel, for instance, would they blow up or become completely irrelevant if uh, the world knew tomorrow? Yeah, uh, well, I personally think- I think it's a fair yeah. question. Well, if, yeah. if, if the ball of confirmation started rolling, I, I mean, I saw a video today, some guy saying he's got a frozen Sasquatch carcass that was in a freezer for 50 years that he got from his father. I don't well, know who Peter, he is. Dude, that's yeah. satire. That's Peter Kane. Yeah. I, I, I just wrote it in. Well, con if you're serious, call drop, contact Meldrum and get the ball of confirmation going. If not, stop wasting everybody's time. Yeah. 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 If you're not to do that, if you, you're just trying to be another. Uh, uh, Minnesota Iceman or another Georgia boy, well, then you're just wasting everyone's time. But I'm not yeah. Well, I, I, think with, I, I think with the invention of YouTube and how we're able to post our own videos and stuff, I think people, you know, use Bigfoot as a way to create content for their channel as far as entertainment, yeah. not as serious and don't really take it as serious as we do. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of parody stuff going on 
Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you know, like, you saw Thomas. You saw Perry. Yeah, he's yeah, that guy's a comedian, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like a he's an entertainer, and and there's a, a few other channels that will do that too, where they just do it to create entertainment, and not so much they don't really care about the research or anything. They probably don't even believe in Bigfoot, but they're yeah. just yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> doing something for fun. You know, and those are the ones you don't really. Which is, I, I suspect, why Les Stroud spent so much time with Don Stanton. <laughs> I don't think he believed him for one minute. No. I, you know, I think they used each other. I think they used each other to promote each other, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Les couldn't work with uh, uh, one of the top Bigfoot researchers and then, uh, you know, talk and say, hey, I, I'm friends with Les Stroud. Mm -hmm. Gives each other credibility in a way. Yeah, well, that was a little weird. Um, I still think with the timing of that, because when that production, when Les did the production for that and made it a part of uh, Finding, uh, not Finding Bigfoot, Jesus. Uh, Survivor Man. Survivor Man Bigfoot, sorry. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't think he was quite uh, cued in like he would be now, that, that's for sure. Now, whether, yeah. whether, whether he understood what he was dealing with or not, no, that was a long time ago. There's no way anyone understands what they're dealing with when you come online. I mean, that, that, that one part where he says, where even Les says he heard something outside his tent when he was with Todd Standing. He says, no one knows I'm here. I said, of course he knows you're there. Todd Standing dropped you off there. He knew exactly where you were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. So, yeah. uh, okay, so here's another, here's another one for you. Okay. Uh, thanks for that, Brent. By the way, that information. Uh, okay. The other one is. Oh, 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 before you before you go on, uh, uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from the other person. Okay. Uh, that 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 is has the direct knowledge. So once I hear from there, you know, I'll, I'll get you that. Thanks, thanks man. Yep. Uh, the other thing is that you guys were talking about this earlier is this temperamentalness that ends up coming into. You know, like I have people that say, come out. Well, you get these different types of people that say, well, come out to my area and investigate. And sometimes people come, they ask you because they don't really know what they're looking for. So they're asking your assistance to help them find what they're supposed to be looking for. Other times it's to get other people from other channels onto your channel so that you can actually, uh, you know, look like we're cross pollinating. Borrow credibility. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Steve. And then, uh, the, but what ends, up, what ends up happening there, and I've seen this so many times online over and over again, where this this rift happens in some way. And, and it, it can be over something that's as stupid as they're intimidated by your perception or your capacity to maybe look more clearly than what they are. And that almost threatens their own uh, narration that they would be doing on their YouTube channels. Right. Are you guys following me on this so far? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and the the question is, with the amount of people who are still, and I would put them in the camp of beginner re, uh, citizen researchers, and the reason why I would put them in that camp is because they're not, there's not really a school for training citizen researchers in regards to Bigfoot. That, or anything. Yeah. Well, at least the academics, if you're working under, a, you're going for your PhD under another professor, oh, yeah. he'll give you some type of guidance, right? Uh, but out here, it's, you know, we use all the terminologies uh, and stuff, and it's like this pseudoscience stuff, words we like throwing in there to dash things up a bit, like we sound like we're more important than what we are. Um, but, and I, I think Max said this one time, he said, um, 
Well, Leon, what happens when you meet somebody? I think he was worried about me meet, like meeting him, and I think I understand Max and where he's coming from. But he said, well, what happens if you meet me, and later on you find out I'm a complete freak job? <laughs> At least he had the awareness to know that that actually happened. So when you guys are out there, um, and, and you're in a situation where you meet somebody that you affirm, and then later on find that it's there's something wonky about what they're doing, how would you negotiate that? Well, if I, if I uh, and this has happened a few times in the past, <laughs> I've been called out by someone who's um, a researcher, but they, uh, and they think they have found evidence and I find um, common, common explanations for a lot of the stuff. Um, I almost, it almost always happens. They seem to be almost starting to panic hmm. that somehow I am not falling for it. Right. And they hadn't counted on that. Now, Thomas, no. sorry, sorry for interrupting there. Uh, now, uh, is this somebody who you think was trying to con you or somebody who was misidentifying? Both. Was not both. I've, I've had experience with both. Yeah. People who were really serious and thought they were onto something. And there's even a few cases where, yeah, maybe they were. You know, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't find that conclusive evidence to back it up, but I had no reason to believe they were lying to me. But I had some yeah. people, I've also had other people who were setting things up. And I think the whole reason they want me out there so they could say I looked into it and I'm backing them up, right? But when I start pointing things out, well, this isn't right, that isn't right, or there could be other explanations for this, I can almost see it in their face. They start, oh crap! <laughs> how am I going to how am I going to get out of this one? You know, I've seen it more uh, on several occasions, and um, and it's almost like a panic. I just tell yeah. new guys who are getting involved in this, just do what I do: stick to the facts, never deviate the facts. And remember, a researcher, you're trying to find out an answer to a mystery. You're not a religious leader trying to push a faith, okay? Right. You know, it's not. You're not out there to convert the world. It's to believe it that the Sasquatch exists. Hell, I gave up on that twenty years ago. Yeah, instead of proving it's a Sasquatch, yeah. trying to prove it's a Sasquatch, prove what it is. Yeah, Just yeah. Prove yeah. What it is. <laughs> and as a researcher, you you have to accept the possibility that in the end you could turn out to be wrong. Yeah, it, 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 it is really hard to try and negotiate with those other researchers who feel that they have evidence when it's really not, in fact, evidence in your own opinion, Yeah, you know, just because you have a different perspective of it. Because some people, yeah. you, you know, can get lost in the story of what they're investigating by creating a, a storyline with evidence that they think that they're collecting. And it goes off in, on this whole tangent of this whole storyline of like, Bigfoot's doing this. We see him do it. You know, I, I, I think they're doing this. And it, it just creates this whole storyline that really you they're not proving in any way, but they're telling you all this stuff as if it's a fact. And, and it's a really hard thing to negotiate. And, and I actually see that more often than not. And for me personally, I try to, you know, uh, try to talk to him about it if possible, you know, because sometimes some people you just can't talk to about it. You know, uh, it depending upon what it is, is I just kind of navigate around it. Uh, if they believe in something that I don't believe in, then, you know, it's, it's okay that, I, you know, I'm not going to go out there and try and disprove them. It's irrelevant to try to. I just like, if they want to believe that, that's fine. It's 
is not going to be detrimental to our relationship and to the research that we're actually doing. Steve, yeah. you there, well, there. no, first of all, no, no religious believer is going to be convinced by any level of fact. No, they, they have their narrative and that's where they're going to go. As with any other element of life, um, if, if that is not a, uh, a compatible relationship to continue, I'll move on. I mean, we, at yeah. the beginning of this broadcast, we were talking about the Shehela sounds. When I announced that it was a coyote that made these sounds and these other famous sounds were probably coyote too, so many in this field and, and researchers I had respect for just didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Now, yeah, you're taking right. away the start. Yeah. You're, you're taking away the, the Sasquatch stories, the, the subject away from people. They yeah. don't like that. You know, even yeah. if you like talk to them about like, oh yeah, something, you know, you see it in the groups uh, every so often where, you know, you, it's just people love the story so much. And if you're the one taking it away, then you're the bad guy, even though you're presenting the facts. And it's yeah. unfortunate, you know, but we also have to recognize that those people don't really affect what we're doing. They're on a different journey uh, than mm -hmm. us, so to speak. They're more, we're more into finding the truth, the facts. Those people just really love the stories of what people say about it and don't really care if it's true or not. They love the merry-go-round as it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and a lot of us don't like that. And, and you know, we just have to find those people, go work with those people, learn from each other and go out there and get that evidence that is undeniable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like, like a big, huge chunk of the, the Sasquatch world, you know, the, the people that gobble up everything Sasquatch, it, it has become a, um, a, a big element of people who have of their identity. people who have developed a cherished belief mm -hmm. and that's what sucks about it that mm -hmm. like that's that's what kills me the most is because a cherished belief is just that you know mm -hmm. and i always hey. use, i always use the flying spaghetti monster as an example and, and i'm not going to get into that again but you know i could go on air and and you know, profoundly tell you why I believe in the flying spaghetti monster and put some clever language to it. And maybe, maybe some weird geometry that you don't understand and confuse you. And I bet I could convince five people the flying spaghetti monster is real. And, oh yeah. And, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a whole university probably even dedicated to it now. Right. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, this this phenomenon of people seeing eight foot tall monkey men in the woods has attracted a cherished belief group, and they're way bigger than us. They're, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. And, and we just have to recognize we don't fit in with that crowd. That we fit in with the crowd that's more like us, and so we'll just go gravitate towards those and and not be you know. Uh, to, uh, you know, disappointed in the people who don't want to go on our journey. You know, yeah. that's cool. They People love the stories and all that. And we're just going to go follow, you know, go on ours and, and, you know, bring all of the people along with us. And, you know, that's how I try to, to deal with the whole, you know, how it's so out there as far as beliefs go. I mean, this is like a religion, you know, so everybody believes all this different stuff. And my belief yeah. in it, I don't, I don't and, really have a belief. <laughs> and the Sasquatch has become too boring for many of them, so they've gone on to other things. Just dog mm -hmm. men, shapeshifters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Flat Earth, yeah. UFO. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it's cool. It, it's, you know, that's when I first got into it, that's what I loved about the subject is all the variety of it. But then once you kind of get realizing what you're looking for and what your purpose is in the subject, it, it all becomes uh, just noise, really. And I just actually tune a lot of that stuff out of, you know, of, you know, it's just just let people I just let people have their little uh, story time with Bigfoot. And, and there are people out there that facilitate it. And I'll always I'm always I'm cool with people who facilitate it in a benign way. Uh, but the people who are out there forcing their lies on other people, that's when I usually step in and be like, nah, dude, this is bull. You know, this is a lie. You know, this is a hoax or something. When they're out there nefariously out there doing stuff to people, that's when we should speak up. And but we shouldn't be out there putting out all these little fires of like, oh, this person's believing something that I don't believe in. It's like, I honestly, I have people that I go out and research with, uh, you know, somebody I just went out with and, and we have completely different beliefs. And he tells me stuff and it's like, ah, you know, and I, I try to talk to him and navigate around it and work within his belief. But, you know, he, he likes his belief and it's just it's cool. You know, we can go out there and, and still enjoy the forest and, and all that stuff. That's what it's kind of about is, is just. You know, well, some of that can also be a vocabulary issue that that they they believe something that they don't have the proper words to convey it to you in, in a way that's that's more acceptable or understandable to you. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I, well, I hear a lot of people, you know, you, you talk about uh, things related to things like faith healing or just uh, you know self healing. Uh, through meditation and things like that. Um, these may work. They may not. There are no real good case studies that show it. There are no good um, Say it. reviewed studies that show it works. There are plenty of case studies where, well, they happen to survive. So it must have worked. Yeah, but again, that research that they're really doing now on the placebo effect is there's something about it, the 30% that seem to get, yeah. you know, whatever. But, you know, in regards to these other claims that are out there, I mean, I mean, it's madness in my mind. It's absolute madness. And it doesn't help move the issue forward. And I think when you're talking of being run by the inmates. <laughs> yeah, well, no, totally. and it's a, probably a good way of saying it. It's not yeah. that. Uh, you know, I don't. It's, I know for people listening, they 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 always misinterpret us. I find when we're online, because they always think we're ragging on the Bigfoot community and we're ragging on that. And what they're not mm -hmm. seeing is years of frustration of listening to shallow capacity of uh, uh, a person's ability to um, collect and and vet information. And you know, like Steve, when we were, we were talking about uh, the baloney detection kit. You know, uh, when I, I, I couldn't click in my head what you're talking about there because I know what is a different term. And then, uh, but it's a great way of saying it, but it's 10 steps and it's good 10 steps to use. You know, you just, you, you, you're not there to prove it's a Sasquatch. You're proved to find out what it is though. Mm -hmm. and, and again, that scientific approach, the idea yeah. up here down on the topic down there, that's not the scientific approach. Scientific approach is you start with what you know and you build on top of that. Well, yeah. well, it's just like it's just like with those audios that we, I mean, Steve collected on the the last overnight outing. It's like I really thought that in real time that sounded like a man and a woman screaming. Uh, we didn't hear the owl sound, and you know, I we really wanted it. I wanted it to be Bigfoot, but you know, realistically, it's probably not. You know, and then we're finding s sources that it's not, and 
you know, we just have to be, we just have to accept that. And, you know, well, on it's disappointing. That, on a side note to that, Brent, was I, you know, I blitzed out that audio that you guys did, the one you sent me, Steve, on a whole bunch of different pages. So one of the common responses was, well, besides people thinking it was an owl and stuff, which is what you're looking for. Or I think it's an elk. I think it's a coyote. I think it's yeah, a fill yeah. in the blank. Yeah. Uh, but the other kind of nice comments were, I'm really glad how you guys are doing this. Exactly. Exactly. Where you're sending it out to everybody and you're looking at it before you're making it the declaration. I think that was one of the last read. And I thought, yeah, that's what we're here to do. Or, you know, poor Thomas has been in the asylum <laughs> for 42 years here. So yeah, let's, let's help him kind of negotiate his way at least to the front door so he can stand outside yeah. of the asylum. Well, well that's what I think it's all about is, is it's creating examples for people to kind of use for, for their own personal investigations that they have or for their groups, you know, and that's what I think it's about. And this was a, like I'm all about examples you know i think that we learn off examples and and uh you know this was an example of that we you know we were excited when we first heard it and and first the initial but then we did our due deal we didn't put it out there like most people would have like hey this is bigfoot guys we're you can't tell us it's a bigfoot mimicking an owl type of thing and but yeah, but we, hey, that, Brent, we were talking ourselves out of it within 30 seconds mm -hmm. yeah well, Steve, exactly Steve, you did the right exactly thing. you recorded it and you put it out there. You didn't say this is a Sasquatch. You said this is strange. What might it be? Yeah. Can we find right, sources you know, for it? Yeah. That's the right way to go about it. Yeah. 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 That exactly. is the right way to go about it. Yeah. What What am I hearing? Yeah. You know. Well, I think yeah, yeah. changing things online is when you're worried about being outgunned by you know this avalanche of just people who aren't kind of trying to take the approach we're taking. After a while, people are going to be that are watching those channels are going to get that's going to click in with them too. Doesn't matter what if you're in any dysfunctional system, the, most of the kids in the dysfunctional system will start picking up there's something really wrong with the family here, which may they'll, they'll pull their head out of the system and start looking around, and then they'll find one of our channels. And then once yeah, they well, find their channel, it, they'll start moving forward. But what helps them, because you remember when they're going to be out there and say they meet up with some another person who's starting up a channel and they go over there and they, they've been indoctrinated, it's a good word for it, by the way, indoctrinated by some of the belief systems that are online, you have to give them solid uh, stuff so that when they're showing the other person, the person's got no cards left on the table to use. And it's not, again, we're not, it's not for combat. It, well, other than an intellectual witting, outwitting the other person, uh, but you're really trying to educate the other person. Um, exactly. It, it's, so. it's to make us all better because, you know, it's like we, we can empathize with our, how we first got in the subject and how we, you know, we're, we're led down the wrong path, getting bad information. We just don't want to see that happen. To, yeah. So frustrating. Know. And again, that's when people it, it watch is. Where they think we're ragging on it. It's like, it's not ragging. It's frustration. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like that garbage. It's absolute garbage. So, I mean, I, like my my ultimate goal is to pull people off the fence because there there are people on the fence, right? So that aren't like so deep in the weeds. Yeah, don't go over the neighbor's yard. No, don't go over there. You won't want to be over there. Come yeah, yeah, it just yeah. like it, it just say, hey, come over here, check this out. You might you might think a little differently. You know, it might give you a different perspective. A different perspective, to be fair. You know, that's what we're offering here. A different way of thinking, different perspective. Um, and, but the unfortunate thing is with how YouTube works and the algorithm works is they require or recommend that you upload a lot of foot, you know, a lot of videos like 
multiple times a week for your video to even get registered and recommended. So, and then the people like us, we don't do that because we can't come up with content like that. You really can't, you know, you have to go out there and fake it to make it type of stuff. And, and that's something people have to recognize as well is that, you know, these people that have the 40,000 subscribers or whatever, you know, they have that just because, you know, they're pumping out so much stuff that, you, you know, it's just, it's, it's all part of this game, all part of the system. And, and that there is one of the biggest flaws of, or one of the biggest reasons I think is what's promoting a lot of this bad crap. It's, it's a, such a popular platform that uh, people yeah. use that it's just, it's saturating them with bad crap. And it's all because of how the YouTube algorithm works, unfortunately. Yeah. And like us, I mean, you know, we yeah. don't, we're not well, that's how that. social media works. And that's what social media is, is more or less about the way we've created it in this society. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're right, Brent. You know, like it would actually would make way more sense for me to record this whole thing and not go live and then break, bust it out into like 15 minute segments, you mm-hmm. know, and like, and so that's more content yeah. Yeah. It fits what you're talking about with the YouTube algorithm, which would make it uh, by default, some whatever percentage more popular, um, you yeah. know, and, and growth, yeah. you know. So are, are we yeah, going to so deal with this comment here? Oh, this one right here? Yes, yeah, somebody should. Uh, are they actually uh, down in Florida right now? Uh, with, uh, uh, no. Mr. Mark Zasky. That, that, that information is, uh, is classified. Yeah. Are they actually yeah, on yeah, in the, in, in the which, which trip? The BFRO has been to Florida a number of times over the no, years. No, no, this one here is a uh, it's a private uh, it's a private Bigfoot expedition Odyssey. that is yeah through Bigfoot Odyssey and Mark Zasky. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Mark Zasky down in Florida? He puts up a lot of pictures that uh, a lot of people say is pareidolia, which I do. And uh, so, yeah, they're down there in Florida with the gators and the hogs trying to find Bigfoot in, in this area that Mark has been uh, investigating for the last many years. Yeah, they're not there now. No. Uh, no, they're, they're well, about to You got to keep in mind in Florida, too, there's an area in the Everglades, and you can actually take a tour where a population of chimpanzees is thriving. Uh, really? Yeah, there's like twelve of them or something like that, and there's another right. area where they where they think there's a number of orangutans living in Florida as well. Ooh. And of course, Florida now has more Burmese pythons than Burma does. So, all right, wait, did feral. you just did you just say like feral chimpanzees? Yeah, like, I'm not sure what kind of chimpanzees they are. They all uh, apparently a few of them escaped a number of years ago from some facility. And they've breeded, and um, there's now a population of about 12 in this little island somewhere in the Everglades. Don't know the exact. And there's actually a guy making money taking tours so you can take pictures of them, uh, you know, on those uh, 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 fan boats. Really? Yeah. 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 That's a thing? Yeah. You guys know about this? Yep. Oh, I, I didn't know about that. <laughs> well, that's because you're not a believer. Yeah. <laughs> Pets and they outgrow them and they let the pet go. And also yeah. the, 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 yeah, the storms was, that they've had down there, the hurricanes, uh, I've heard where... I'm that, not sure the story know. of the origin. I think it was they got out during a hurricane or some damn thing, uh, something they were being held in, and and they thrived. So, yeah. 
well, Thrive, they've got a population yeah, yeah. of about 12. Well, this, well, was, I think, this was like eight years ago, so, yeah. Well, dude, yeah, something think, from Discovery Channel needs to go down there with some cameras, dude. Do something. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm absolutely actually surprised someone hasn't tried to pass off video of one of these chimps and try to claim it's a skunk ape or something yet. Well, what do you, what do you, what's your opinion about like the lettuce lake footage or that, uh, that one footage of a, of a Bigfoot that was like, uh, reaching at a, a, a rotten stump or something. It was just the backside of it. And it, it gra grabbed, gra right. grabbed a snake, didn't it? Hey, the guy who fil or filmed it was in a, in one of those canoes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I, two different footages. Yeah. That I, yeah. I was bringing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's an interesting footage. It's interesting it footage. Is. It really is. I, 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 there's nothing in it that screams hoax to me right off the bat. But then again, you never know. If it's uh, actual footage of a skunk ape, great. But unfortunately, what you usually see in YouTube is a crop version. I've only seen the original version once, and I can't seem to find it anymore. He was actually quite far away from it. They had to blow it up to get that. Yeah. And uh, he, and it, he just heard the noise, and he just started shooting towards this thing. And uh, he saw it, and he, he thinks he's not sure. And he had to look at this footage blown up later on that was grabbing a water moccasin out of the water or something. And I'm not sure too many guys in a suit would try to do that just for <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting footage. Yeah. Or it's like finding Bigfoot and they see a horse in a field and then they cut away and don't talk about it again. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it's cropped and if you saw the whole picture, you'd yeah. see the lunchbox or the tackle box that the guy was carrying. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, or finding Bigfoot, you see the glowing eyes down the hill by the creek and Turned out it was two guys fishing in the creek with uh, lamps in their boats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show, Pat. <laughs> well, go ahead, uh, Leon. It sounded like you wanted to ask something else. No, no. I wanted to go. Did we answer that question for Larry there? I, I want to point out one other thing. Somebody keeps saying about going online and you know they're doing it for the money. I'll give you a breakdown of how much money you make on YouTube. So if you have a thousand views. You make anywhere between a dollar twenty to six dollars and seventy cents. That's per thousand views. So you're not making a lot of money on this whole thing. So. Right. <laughs> okay, but that's all. Like that, that, but, but if you're like the how to hunt dude who's who's pulling in seventy, you know, or hundreds of thousands of views, you know, like oh, multiple yeah. times a week, oh, you yeah, know, sure. that, that that could be a, a good revenue stream uh, that uh, you're you know you can easily yeah. exploit. Yeah, especially, on that too when yeah, especially since the government took away his real income, which was guiding grizzly hunting. So, yeah. yeah. What do you mean by that? The what do you mean the government took away that? Well, you can't hunt grizzly bears for sport here uh, only in certain times a year now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there was a big outcry, and uh, uh, he used to guide hunting. Especially yeah. uh, where he is, and Grizzlies was a big part of it. And, uh, okay, they but took that I mean, away from him. Yeah, you, you could still like guide, you know, guide city folk on elk hunts and yeah. But the different, there's a difference between a fifty thousand dollar guide. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a slightly that. different fee structure. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, thank God we don't have grizzly bears down here in Georgia. Um, you guys are, yeah. come on. You're looking for Sasquatches. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I said, you're looking for Sasquatch. <laughs> I'm not looking for Sasquatch, Leon. You know me. I, I don't want to have anything to do with him. <laughs> All right, drone boy. Birthday boy. Drone birthday boy. Hey, hey, I'm going to find him with a drone. This is the best episode of Sasquatch yeah. stock ever. You know what you should do if you see a Sasquatch is you should run your drone into it so the blades cut it and they got the DNA sample on the blades. That's what there you, you should There you go. Do. Yeah. I wish people would just get their drones down when they're following these rivers, remote rivers, and they go over a nice sandy area. Yes. Go down and take a look to see if there's any tracks there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Especially in the field area there, yeah. that whole valley there, Thomas, where it's just sand, sand, sand with the river running through it. Yeah. Like huge banks of sand there. Yeah, don't say here, 500 feet in the air. <laughs> I, I know they're hoping to see, catch something out on, on, on the water's edge, but yeah. hey, get down there. Maybe we can find some tracks, you know, yeah. and then you can hike I, in. I'm always curious. Why, why is it so mysterious? There, there are a lot of cases where people have come around to corner on on a river and supposedly seen a squatch working on the stream or the river and then it looks up and sees them and gets startled and disappears and what what, what i'm curious about why is it such a mystery this flowing water thing makes a lot of noise masks the sound of things that are walking up on you it's probably not going to be there for very long. And when you come around the corner and see it, it, it is having its own, oh, crap moment. <laughs> Why is it such a mystery that people can walk up on these things possibly in that situation? Yeah. yeah. Well, evidently, they, the have these very, they're, they have very small ears. And dainty moose, moose feet when they walk through snow. <laughs> Very, 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 very like almost female-ish. Were you saying Brent earlier there? Huh? I thought you were saying something there. You were trying to say. Oh, you, you even heard. You've even heard it said in the past a lot of theory that the reason Roger and Bob were able to creep up on Patty was the noise of the creek was muffling their approach, and they surprised her. I tend to think that I think she was watching them approach for a while, and she only reacted because the horses did. If the horses hadn't panicked, they they may have ridden right on by and never been none the wiser. Yeah. Could, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So so Thomas, what's your opinion about uh, maybe she was walking away to lead them away because there was maybe a, a, another adult and baby close by that they wanted to draw attention away from, and maybe that's why they got such a long open shot that none of us ever really get. Because let's be honest, well, she could have torn, she could have run back up into the forest just as easy. It's actually the forest line is actually a lot further away than it appears in the film because you're looking at it in okay. 2D. Yeah, uh, she was hitting the logical route. She was trying to put objects between herself and them, and the oh, closest gotcha. objects was those pile of logs and crap and trees that were li lying there in the middle of that clearing at that time. Yeah. She ended up disappearing, crossing the creek right over where what we call the bowling alley now starts, and that's mm -hmm. where she went. So and, uh, what's your, okay. Go ahead. Oh, uh, so what's your opinion about her or, you know, about them going down on all fours then? Because you would have expected that almost when she was like kind of getting away. Because you always hear that they're going down on all fours. But, you know, it makes you wonder if they actually can because their back legs are so tall. You know, yeah. like uh, chimps and uh, gorillas, they can 
you know, uh, go on all fours, but their back legs are so much smaller uh, mm-hmm. that that allows them to have that natural movement. It seems like it would be an uncomfortable position for the figure in the PG film to go down on all fours. What's your thoughts it's, about that? Well, uh, the, one of the biggest things about the Parachute film uh, and argues for its authenticity is what they call the IM index. That's length of leg compared to length of arm. Right? Yeah. Chimpanzees and gorillas have an intermeble increase of about 120. They have massive arms with very small back legs because they're quadrupeds. Human beings, we have an intermeble index of, uh, oh, uh, I can't remember the exact number now, 48 to 50 on average because our legs are bigger than our arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The creature in the Paris and Gimlin film has an intermeble index of about 80. I mean, it has bigger arms compared to legs to us, but definitely not in the chimpanzee gorilla mode. So it's it's, it's a direct biped. So I think unless maybe they are more quadruped when they're younger, you exactly. know, and, exactly. but they grow out of it. You know, kind of like, kind of like well, we also. Yeah. I, I think if if Patty had some thick brush that was three or four feet tall or so, she'd have probably squatted down. And and sped off that way. She didn't have that kind of cover, so why bother? Yeah, she just ba- basically did a dignified retreat. I'm spotted. Time to leave. Well, it's just odd the that Patterson was... Gimlin uh, encounter is like so many I've heard. The only difference is Roger got his camera out and he filmed it. it it's just uh, uh, you know, play devil's advocate. I guess it's just unusual that there wasn't more of a hurry, like a rush, like a speed walk, even. Uh, well, you know, oh, also keep, casuals. In, oh, keep in mind, Brett, a lot of the times you see this film on television, you're seeing a slower version. Yeah. If you have a shot at yeah. proper speed, she's moving. Okay. It may be a walk, but she's moving. Yeah. She's moving pretty quick. <laughs> and yeah. I may point out the only tracks that were found that day were the 14 and a half inch tracks she left when they did the film. They found and no they, prints or saw prints of any others in the area. Yes, and they tracked uh, those prints quite a distance too, didn't they? Like going up berms and, and like kind of, you know, it's well, not like they, it just they, ended they saw, like 20 feet like around. I, like I said earlier, she disappeared right where the, uh, the creek bends and starts going in a straight line, what we call today the bowling alley, where the creek is straight as an arrow with high. But she crossed the creek right there and she went up the hillside in the forest in that region. And they saw what looked like a wet footprint in one of the rocks in the middle of the creek there. They were close up to that, and they saw where she went up. After that, all they basically saw was a wake where she went through the brush and everything to start going uphill. Later on, and Gehenden and Titmus Titmus thought this too, they found a spot up there where he, he believes that she may have stopped and was actually watching them examine the tracks. (laughs) <laughs> and recover the horses and things like that. So she may have been watching them for a little while. She may have been watching them the whole time they're in the area. We'll just never know. Yeah, yeah. And it's always possible that there are other, other figures around, but there's no evidence of it in the film. Some people say they see one here and they see one there <laughs> and other things. But I, as far as I know, what you see in the film is what you got. There's one yeah, creature. But- yeah. 
But wasn't there uh, that that brought Roger and Bob down to that area? Wasn't it prints of multiple creatures, though? Uh, one that matched Patty's, but also a bigger one, which you know some might say is like the male. You're talking about the, the blue. Ape. You're talking talking about the Blue Creek Mountain tracks of uh, August of September, or a little earlier. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess I am. Yeah. It's. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 the was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There were there were tracks. One was seventeen and a half inches long. One was uh, only thirteen inches long. But the uh, the the fourteen and a half inch prints of Patty weren't there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But there were tracks at Blue Creek Mountain of at least, if they're authentic, two individuals. Now, when they went okay. back out to Bluff Creek, did they find any additional prints? Not at the film site. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Titmus went down there uh, nine days later and cast ten of them in a row. And he looked all over the area at the time, and DeHind had always said his biggest mistake was not going straight to the film site. He went out to Atlee's place to see the first showing of the film. And Titmus cast 10 of the prints in a row, and he looked a, a good look all around and saw no other footprints. And, and wasn't Jim McLaren there the day after or so? A couple of days film? after, yeah. yeah. Right, a couple yeah. days afterward. Matter of fact, he, Jim he McLaren went down there with a guy who just passed away a couple of years ago. His name's gone out of my head. We interviewed him, and he has a oh. rock-solid memory. And yeah. Al Hodgson? No, not Al Hodgson. Um, oh, God, I'd have to go off screen to find it. He just passed away. He he, he only went because he had the four-wheel drive, and he took Jim McLaren down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, his name's gone out of my head. But there were people there shortly after the film was. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Filmed. There yeah. were people. Yeah. When uh, the next day, when uh, Lal Laverty was there, he said there were several people there taking pictures of the prints. So there are other photographs of those footprints in albums or or, or boxes in people's attics somewhere. There's wow. no doubt about that. There were a lot yeah. of people who come down here who had how gone were, down to just were, to look at the tracks. Yeah. How were those people, Thomas? Um, how were those people convinced or compelled to come down there with, uh, obviously at that point, they wouldn't have even been able to see the footage. Yeah, I, I, I don't how, know. How does that even happen? It, there well, were people, it, out, it, it probably gets out into the community and then the community drives down the road. It's the same as the Blue Creek Mountain Treks when they were investigating that. People were showing up and looking at going about their own business and in the area, and they just heard about it, or they're in the area, and then someone asked, well, they go, oh, we're looking at these weird footprints, and other people were looking at them. I'm asking this, I guess, did did uh, either, uh, I guess, I, it probably would have been Roger, not Bob, you know, like, call people in? No, I don't think Roger did, or, or even Bob did, but I do think that when they stopped at Al Hodgins' store and word got out that this is to happen, the word got around pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Because so what was, was one of the thing, what what was yeah. one of the thing Al Hodgson talked about in his in his uh, hardware store in Willow Creek all the time with people Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So telegraph, telephone, tele Hodgson. Yeah, just good old word word of mouth. Word of mouth. Back, back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think Lyle Laverty once said he. He saw groups of people who were looking for it, but they had no idea really where the film site was. They were looking at other areas. <laughs> yeah. Quite possible. Sure. Yep. 
And Lal Laverty, well, he was doing his job and he heard about it and he went to take a look. Because he said he had been right by that spot a couple of days before Patterson and Gilman were there and he saw nothing. And then he went back and sure enough, there were the tracks. I just want to point out here, I think Raptor asked us if we're all affiliated with Bigfoot yeah. Odyssey. And we're not actually affiliated. We all have our own things that we do. We just appreciate. Uh, nope. We've all been interviewed on Big too. So I still say, I still say, Leon, you got to change your name to Sasquatchokanagan. Yeah, whatever, Thomas. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Raptor, I, I guess the the better thing to say is we're we're aware of them. And uh, and we watch them. Uh, sometimes some of us will show up there and, yeah. and talk on his show, but mm -hmm. that's about it. Yeah, but you know, we, we really need to to, to wish them the be the best. Uh, you know, the most success is possible with Carrie and all of them. You know, it's uh, uh, you know their success is our success. So uh, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Let, let's hope they're successful and everybody's safe at the end. And I'm I'm interested to watch the documentary that he's going to produce afterwards. Yeah, it's uh, it should be pretty good. Yeah, there's there's some. When, when are they supposed to bring it out? Do you, they said anything about that? Sometimes, uh, it's, it, yeah, it, it's currently being filmed starting I think this week sometime, and it's going to go. It's going to be 178 hours, I think it's called, and it's going to be uh, a seven part series, which each series yeah. I think is going to be broken down into an hour and. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there. This is a well-put-together expedition that has a lot of resources being put behind it that you don't really see too often. You know, a lot of people getting together that, you know, are very eager to go try and help find out what's going on out there and, uh, you know, wish them the best. Well, they got, like, 20 people, and half of that is just filming and tech tech guys. So we're back to yeah. getting it all put together. So. Yeah, as long as the area is manageable, that's the key part. And it sounds like they have an area that might be manageable. I mean, we've been through this before, right? The hope, the yeah. hope, the hope, and whop, 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 whop. Yeah, and they're, and they're yeah, totally aware of that. They're totally aware of that whole thing. Too, yeah, it, the best. So, yeah, it's it's well, a hard thing to put together. Can, if the subjects can tell a camera is coming, they'll already be gone by now. There, there's going to be such a big camera presence field there. Yeah, totally. I mean, let's just like, hope their cameras aren't set to take blurry on focus pictures. Right. right yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just just like everyone before them since 1967, they have an idea and a tactic and uh, uh, a. But in this case, they feel like they kind of have them in a good position. So has everyone else. You know, and yeah. And like I said, since everyone else since 1967. And uh, well, I think you guys should like results. results. Yeah. I think it, that the, the, if we can find the right location, yes, we'll definitely get them on film. The problem yeah. is people are choosing places and saying it, but you have to find the right uh, geographical landscape, not landscape, but uh, zone that, you know, like, again, I, I, I kind of go after these people that I look at their areas when they show me a map or they've got their videos and they show it on Google Maps and they say, this is my area. It's two kilometers by two kilometers. Thomas, imagine if you knew Sasquatches were in an area two kilometers by two kilometers for months. 
How long do you think it would take us to film it? Hey, Thomas, I was going to ask you, what's your thoughts of the Mount Baker North Cascade area in Washington State? Are you familiar with it? It's it is, yeah. Mount Baker? Well, you, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I've gone there a number. I can't go lately because the borders close because of COVID, but I've been there a number of times. What I like about it, it's one of the best kept secrets of Washington because not many people go there. There's one road to get to Mount Baker, and half the time I go, I I may see one or two cars on it, not many, even during skiing season when there was the ski resort up there. And it is old growth forest almost the whole way, only a couple little communities on it. It is absolutely gorgeous, and I hope I don't wreck it by saying that. Now everyone's going to go. <laughs> it's a that's, beautiful that's area. Areas, yeah, that's one of the areas I've been exploring there, uh, you know, up in the North Cascades area. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, like you say, it's a beautiful area. That It's a high potential area that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was just interested to get your take on Absolutely, that. absolutely. And I have, I've looked, there has been a number of reports over the last 10 or 12 years along there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's some really good ones that, you know, there's even ones that don't get reported that, that I hear, you know, I actually mean uh, another guy, a buddy of mine, we were just out at the, the Swaddle Valley area, you know, beautiful area. And it's a high interest area. You know, a lot of people go there as far as like Bobo and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Briggs Hall had his whoop sound there. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of really cool stuff. And, you know, me and this other guy uh, that I went out with, I was showing him around. We just, we were stopped at this one place and this other guy stopped. And uh, so we started talking to him and he started telling us his Bigfoot experiences and all this different stuff and out there. And it's like, yeah, it, it's a really good area, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh guys. Oh guys. Oh guys. Oh guys. And you never know it because you go through this little community, you don't see Bigfoot statues and mm-hmm. outside the restaurants are off. And it's almost like what Northern California was before 1957, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, but we have the Bigfoot cutouts down around uh, uh, Mount St. Helens. Yeah, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll see, you'll see them throughout. Yeah, you'll, you'll see them in, like, people's uh, farms or something. It's just, uh, you know, people representing, I guess, their Bigfoot love. Oh, uh, the, the coffee house or the pizza house right on the edge of uh, Gifford Pinchot. So oh, like, even Highway Two has that. Uh, Highway Two is where they filmed Harry and the Hendersons, and they have that coffee shop and that's that same building there that they used in Harry and the Hendersons, and they they have a, a life size Harry and the Hendersons wood cut out there off of Highway Two right before going over Stevens Pass. Mm-hmm. How, so um, how how close are you guys to Mount St Helens? I'm just, I'm very curious. Well, Jay's really close because he's right below uh, Mount St Helens in Cougar, Washington. So he's like directly south. I'm about five hours, four hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're a little bit closer than that, I think. But, yeah, it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive for me. You're on the south side of Mount St. Helens in 1980. You were on the lucky side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no sure dude. You have uh, five volcanoes, man. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was actually – I was at Payne Field with uh, Civil Air Patrol. We were doing orientation flights for search and rescue that day. There were a bunch of exercises going on, and uh, one of the things we noticed was, you know, we'd hear people calling uh, for radio signals that they weren't getting a response from anymore. So we went over to the map and started marking up on the map where we knew we had people that had been disappearing under the ash cloud, and, you know, radio just doesn't transmit well through rock. 
And <laughs> listen, guy, I noticed in the chat, everyone's we had a triangle. Yeah. I'm going to just disappear for a minute. I'm going to find that guy's name that I was talking about. It went down there uh, to the Bluff Creek site, and I'll get it. I'll be right back. Okay. We can talk about him. We can talk about Thomas behind his back. Go, go. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but we 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 plotted uh, search teams that had been disappearing from the radio, and we ended up with a big triangle that po pointed right to Mount St. Helens. Wow! You don't suppose? Yeah. <laughs> I was only a year old. I wasn't even a year old at that time, so yeah. I have no recollection. <laughs> I remember a couple of years afterwards when uh, you know people were like showing some of the ash and stuff, but that was that was that was a little bit before my time. Well, it, it wasn't a bright, clear day, so the the news really didn't travel out very fast. It was late afternoon before it really started to hit the news that the volcano right. had erupted. Hey, yeah. So I, what's interesting to me is, like, I mean, like, it, if there were Sasquatch in that area, it, I, I mean, how remote? Is the the east side of uh, Mount Mount St. Helens? You know, the north side. The north flank is the one that yeah is the one that uh, that went down. You, you know, it, it was an area that uh, would have been primed. I mean, that's right by Ape, Ape Caves. I think is a little more north of that. I think is where Mark Mercell found it. It's just uh, the next ridge over where the 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 slide stopped was the actual ape cave or not ape caves, but uh, the cabin, a canyon, sorry, a canyon. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is north of, uh, uh, of that ridge there. So, you know, there's a lot of people who had, uh, you know, a lot of reports from that area, you know, there's those uh, mysterious reports of like, Oh, how the military helped Bigfoots during the whole Mount St. Helens thing. There's zero evidence to back any of that up. It's, it's just a claim that seems to be repeated at nauseum without any sort yeah. of evidence, like how the, the tracks disappear in the middle of a, of a snow forest. It's like, or, you know, a snow field and stuff. And you could have gone nowhere else, but up or wherever, you know, but zero evidence to prove that there's tracks that do in there. It's just something that gets repeated that might not even really be true. And probably yeah. not. And I mean, there were there were thirty or so people it, people in that whole area, and and granted the the red zone well the red zone was smaller than it should have been so that logging could be going on. Yeah, didn't they didn't they didn't they have a big contract to move a lot of the deadfall afterwards? Or was it they they were supposed to leave it there and study it as it recovered naturally? Yeah, yeah. There's uh there's sections that are left to 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 study, and uh, then there's sections where the loggers were able to go in, and mm -hmm. you could see a stark a stark difference between the two of where that was devastated uh, by by Mount St Helens explosion, and then you can see how uh, how the logging was actually beneficial at help regrowing the forest a lot quicker and better for the ecosystem. So, the, you know, there's still a big section that's just deadfall that will take decades to, to regrow, but- Really? You know, the has, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I think even half of the lake is still, has a lot of the dead trees in it, you know, they're just floating there. So, you know, but there's still fish, there's fish getting back to 
to Spirit Lake, which is the lake that's north flank that was basically pushed out of its own lake bed. Uh, but, you know, there's fish getting back there. You know, some think that they might be planted uh, by people or whatever. But, uh, you know, life finds a way of, you know, working through the catastrophe that was Mount St. Helens. Yeah. And, you know, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't think that they're uh, – I don't believe the reports of, like, the military helping these wounded Bigfoots right. that were burned and stuff. But, I mean, I, I'd say this, like, mm, what's the likelihood? Just, I mean, hypothesize for me. There's What's not the a likelihood, likelihood, likelihood that some squash got killed in that event. Oh, I don't uh, know. I think yeah. over, over 6,000 elk and uh, what was it, 10,000 deer died that day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of animals that did die that day. And they could definitely mm-hmm. be among the casualties and stuff. But it's just one of those things that we'll never really know. But it, it's, a, it's a really cool, sexy story that people like to tell. And uh, it helps add to the whole mythos of what we know hey. as a big yeah. phenomenon. Right. Matter of fact, I heard a story the day after the eruption that someone saw a helicopter with a dead Sasquatch and a net below it and everything like that. Yeah, so, um, uh, that came from I, the late Ray Crow. I've told a few sexy stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by, by, the, by the way, gang, the name of the fellow who took Jim McLaren down the film site was the late Richard Henry. Mm-hmm. He's the fellow who had the four-wheel drive and took him down there. He drew that excellent map completely from memory. He just passed hey. away just uh, just about a year ago. Um, yeah. oh, that's, not, that's not for sure. Hey, Thomas, uh, I, I got a quick question for you. So why... Uh, wh- what is your best experience that you've had that makes you believe Bigfoot is real? And, uh, you know, for you personally, like why, how, why are you still, you know, interested in this subject after all these decades? Cause from my understanding, you've never directly seen one before. Uh, I may have, so I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you may. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you see that book right there. That's what he I saw. Have... Was... <laughs> Actually that book was, that book was published in 93. The thing I saw was in 2004. Right. So um, what I saw was a figure, but it was over almost a mile away. And like I said, I stick the facts and never deviate the facts. I saw a figure. It was jet black in color, but it was also too far away to see detail. So I can't say it wasn't a big odd look a man there. But what he was doing there and why he looked so odd, I don't know. If that was a Sasquatch, I have seen one. If it wasn't, I still have not. And what, have, you had, like, have you had like any experiences as far as like uh, potential audio or rustling? Oh, gee, more, times than, more times yeah. than I can count. But like I said, I, I never saw it. Hmm. Never saw it. Tell about the older, so I, remember, I remember Bill, Bill, Bill Miller and I, um, in this one session, a smell hit us like unbelievable. That it, it compelled us to get out. And I actually went into the bush where he stayed back in the vehicle. Uh, and looked around in there, and after about 15 minutes, the smell started to dissipate. It started to go away. Now, obviously, if someone had dropped some garbage or something was dead there, the smell wouldn't have dissipated like that. It was an August hot day, no wind, but it just dissipated. What was the cause of that? I don't know. I have seen, I've come across bears that smelled a high heaven. And I've been within ten feet of bears that had no smell at all. So, well, what, what, what's your thoughts about maybe a stinkhorn mushroom that uh, you know? Because I, I I was on a, a search uh, and rescue uh, 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 search, and uh, 
you know, a lot of people, multiple people reported smelling something that was foul, was like a dumpster mm-hmm. smell. I even personally smelt that. And it was like, it was faint. It just kind of like floated in the wind. It wasn't a constant thing, but you would, you would get whiffs of it. And it smelled just like a dumpster. And we were talking about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone was speculating that, yeah, it could just be a stinkhorn mushroom that, you know, it's a, it's a decaying patch that. Oh, any, know, any possibility. Uh, skunk cabbage, too, is, it can mm-hmm. smell pretty bad at times. At certain times, they hear as well. But, but this thing, I, 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 I've never forgotten it. And uh, I, what I don't understand is why it dissipated so completely and so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we didn't see anything. So can't yeah, say it was Sasquatch, right? Can't say because we didn't see anything. No, he's not. That's what, yeah, that's what I like about you is you're, you're responsible with your yeah. investigation into the subject. Yeah. And it's something that I try to, uh, you know, mimic. And, and you know, you, you've taught me a lot, you know, uh, believe it or not, uh, just by the way you do things, your your whole philosophy into it, it's really helped shape my, the way I do investigation. So thank you for that, uh, you know, really sticking to the facts and never deviating from living by your words. So Yeah. Well, that's that's the way you got to be if you're going to get involved. I feel so sorry for new researchers today because so Damn much man. stuff is just dumped on your head. It uh, is. You got to sort through this crap. But 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 but, but 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 how do you get facts? I mean, uh, we have not been by, by, by using your eyes, your ear, a healthy dose of skepticism, common sense, and uh, basically yeah. uh, listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. your investigation Agreed. technique. Yeah, but that anything uh, like that is anecdotal. No, you use the you use. This is what what is lacking. Like when I went and did that bloody thing up north there in Slocan, that's where I've drawn the line. Either if you're going to do researching, and I honestly, I want to get us, uh, I want to get us a crest that we can put on all our channels, and we right. follow this emblem, yeah, an emblem. That's right. And it, you have your number that's on that emblem. So if someone <laughs> tries to steal it and be part of the group, we'll nail them on it. But the right. bottom line is, you use either Merton's norms or you use uh, the, the what's it called, Steve? Uh, the baloney detection kit. Baloney detection kit. And you, did, you you come alongside us what we're doing, and you come across the, those four dec- or the ten declarations, the four statements, and the uh, the other three uh, the other three points that are on there. I can't remember right now. The the bottom line is we've been saturated. And Thomas is totally right when we're talking to when Matt uh, we were on Bigfoot Odyssey again with Matt and uh, Daniela and Thomas was trying to give and I was trying to give Thomas or not Thomas Matt a uh, a, a, a warning. He says, well, you just use your common sense in that. Yeah, but when people keep dumping garbage upon garbage of dump truck information on you, that's why we're not moving at all ahead. So we got two options. We can either draw a line in the sand and saying, we're not doing that. This is our standard. These are the channels that do this standard and let the other ones do whatever they want to go do. And, and that's but I think we'll, we'll make more headway than this other thing that's just i was talking when i was getting interviewed with john the other day i said john it's kind of like this you have people in a big circle and they come in at different times so the circle's a timeline 
So I just show up today. Steve showed up three years ago. Uh, Brent showed up five years ago. Thomas showed up 42 years ago. And there's information that's being circled and passed around the table. Now I find something, because I just got on today. And I found this really great video that I think this looks really good. And I pass it around the circle. Now the problem is anyone who's passed, who's been in the circle past before today, they've already seen all of this stuff probably yeah. 1700 times right. where it just keeps coming back at well, Leon, what do you think of this? Oh my God, I've seen this like 60,000 times. It's not their fault because they're new online. But the problem is that we're not moving at all forward in regards to this whole topic. If there's another segment that has to start and it is starting where we're, we're shifting what we're doing. We can't do this and, and think we're moving ahead. We're not, what's that noise I'm hearing? It's like chips or something. Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's me. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to go. My, uh, 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 I, I got dinner done, so uh, I'm going to have to yeah. go. But it was awesome talking to you. Great talking yeah. to you, Thomas, Pat, uh, Steve, Leon. Uh, Steve, definitely want to. Hey, Brent. But, all, right. all right. Happy birthday again, Pat. Yeah, thanks, have a good one, Brett. And stick the facts. Don't deviate from the facts, huh? Always, man. Always. I'm going to get that tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Peace yeah, out, guys. All right. Yep. Later, yeah. Yeah, I gotta get going pretty soon too here, actually, because we're on here for two hours. Yeah, we so. yeah we can wrap it up. Um, we've been eh, a couple hours now, I think. Well, not quite, but close. Not quite, yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, my whole thing is this: if you go out there and you boots boots on the ground, I mean, again, like I always reference the Patterson-Gimlin film, you know? I, I don't know why they were able to get the footage they got. You know, it, it could have just been a one in a million chance, or it could have been they were on horseback, <coughs> there was a creek involved, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know. It could be either or or a combination of both. It's probably a combination of a whole bunch of different things. But the fact that they were in the area for almost three weeks. And they yeah. were there for yeah. a long time. Yeah, and yeah. they got lucky just before they had to leave, yeah. And my whole thing is this. Since that footage has been captured, and to me that's absolutely 100% the best footage ever captured of the Sasquatch, in 50-plus years, we can't do better? That no, bumps the hell out of me, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't so, do better unless you, up, you can't do better unless you up the game. That's the problem is we're doing this circular crazy thinking. It's not working. Uh, if you keep doing what we're doing, we're not going to move anywhere in twenty years or fifty years or anything. We're going to find ourselves exactly where we are. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We're trying to do a shift. Shouldn't, in regards shouldn't, to, shouldn't we be? Shouldn't we have been as lucky in fifty years? I don't know. I don't. I, it's I don't hard so. to calculate those odds. I you can't know. understand why Parks Canada hasn't picked something up on their uh, wildlife crossings over the Trans-Canada Highway. Those well, cameras have been there since the, early, since the mid-90s. I did have somebody contact me saying, Leon, how much would you need to do that corridor? <laughs> yeah. Do, yeah. That, do that whole corridor with... Uh, with uh, what am I looking for? Uh, Solar with solar cameras. Solar cameras, yeah. yeah. Coca-Cola so project. That's yeah. somebody's interested in maybe financing that. So I'm going to mm -hmm. be 
talking to him a bit more. I'll let mm -hmm. you know about that. I didn't want to say, sorry, I forgot we're online too. I was going to share that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, they just contacted yeah. me last week. So just, uh, just back that out and post. Yeah. <laughs> and post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What he's uh, talking about, what he's talking about, Pat, is uh, Coquihalla Highway. There's wildlife tunnels all along that right. highway. Wildlife yeah. has to use them. And I had the idea a long time ago. I called the Coca Cola Project, but I don't have a couple million dollars to throw away of covering those wildlife tunnels with solar-operated cameras. And I said, if enough time goes by, we get footage of every large animal, man-sized or bigger, that we know is there, and we don't get footage of a Sasquatch, then that would convince me there's no Sasquatch to get. Oh, please. They just means they're not in the area. They're all at Arby's. Mm. Don't um, I'm sorry, but don't don't the wildlife crossings in, in 2021 they all don't they all have cameras? No, Parks Canada in Banff National Park puts the cameras out. Oh, a couple of days here, a couple of days there, a couple of days yeah, but they're not permanent. Oh, but I'm surprised by that. I'm very yeah. however, since the 19 mid 1990s. They have picked up footage of everything you can think of, except guess what? Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. They don't like cameras. I mean, I, they even got footage of some like pretty strange looking people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they just, uh, these uh, Sasquatch thingies, man, they don't like cameras. I yeah, that, that that is a real significant problem. Yeah, well, they, they, they still have to cross the Trans Canada Highway like everything else does. So, uh, I, I yeah, and I'm I'm baffled as to how they would know what the hell a camera is. Yeah, you know, except that you're pointing something at it. Well, obviously, right? maybe you they know? disappeared into the fourth dimension, or <laughs> well, um, and the orbs come across. <laughs> that's well, that's the way they explain that away. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's why my I I'm not looking for Bigfoot. Well, I guess I'm calling it Bigfoot now. Sasquatch is the large hairy hominid. Bigfoot is everything else. I'm trying to understand what people are experiencing in this research area that I'm looking at because they think they're experiencing Bigfoot. I have no reason to doubt that. Um, I haven't had any vocalizations or anything that are very interesting, but it's uh, strangely coincidental how a number of trees have fallen down around me while I was there. That's something I want to understand more. <laughs> yeah, all of it. I mean, I want to... Just I wanna one thing at a time. I want to understand why people are seeing eight-foot-tall monkey men in the woods. That's what I want to understand. Like, what is that? What's going on there? You know, it are they hallucinating? Are they liars? Or are they, you know, seeing a real physical creature? That why we, were why were people seeing it before it ever became popular? Yeah, yeah. Like I want. Well, I think I think a very few people. I think a very few people might actually be seeing the large hairy hominid once in a while. I think a lot of the rest is probably misidentification of things that we could probably easy, more easily identify if we understood what was going on at the moment. Yeah, I, it, it would be nice to narrow that down to what, uh, like what you would say is a class A 
exciting. Well, you can, when you it know. comes to uh, witness interviews, I've said this before, only three possibilities. One, yeah. they saw a Sasquatch. Two, they mistook someone or something for a Sasquatch. Or three, they're lying. Yeah. yeah. With all the time I, I spent out there, I may have seen one once for about two and a half seconds, mostly out of the corner of my eye until I turned my head. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were talking about Freeman earlier. Maybe he actually did see something. He talked about it. He wanted to see more. He wanted to be able to report more. And there ended up being maybe just one way that he could do that reliably. Whereas I'm not seeing them, so I'm not reporting it. Yeah, I'd like to think old Paul there, uh, maybe his original may have been true, and he came under the spell of Ivan Mark syndrome after the fact. But um, yeah. he did I come under get... Ivan Mark syndrome. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, yeah, that's... Wait, I have to I have to get going here, but I got to make a comment to Raptor. Raptor, we are not affiliated with Bigfoot Odyssey. Because we're on their show, it does not mean that we're affiliated with Bigfoot Odyssey. That would mean that logic you're sharing, that every show we've been interviewed on, which is a lot of shows, we're affiliated yeah. with them. We're not affiliated. We're asked on as guests. Oh, yeah. I, I, I char away. Charming English lady. Yeah. I mean, you, know, uh, you know, I've been on there as a host, so... Yeah, well, I was asked to fill in yeah. one time, too, like last week or whatever, but I'm not affiliated yeah. with anybody. I'm affiliated with what I do. Uh, uh, that's the way I do it. Steve's affiliated with what he does. We ally up. Thomas does the same thing because we think we're like-minded. So uh, please don't think that, you know, whatever you're saying in the chat here, that we're affiliated the way you're, that sounds priming people's brains that we're all in cahoots with something here. I also read the other post he had there about he's out there to make money. I mean, I know I know Kerry pretty good, and he's put a lot more money out than most people put in regards to this yeah. kind of stuff. And he yeah. was prepared to suck it down the first time when he announced, and then COVID came in. That's why they couldn't get out there to do what they were supposed to do for yeah, a whole year. year. Yeah, right. 42 years. I sure haven't made a lot of money on Sasquatch. It sure emptied my bank account off. Yeah, well, totally. That's what I mean. Is this whole yeah, idea man. that people can make, you can't make jack squat on doing this, no. this stuff. This is, you know, most of the yeah. coverage people see of uh, Justin from Mountain Beast Mysteries, all of his uh, beautiful mountain shots and that. Yeah, I supported him financially. I got him drones to do that. So, or a drone to do that. So, uh, yeah, I like to support people who I think are helpful in moving this whole thing forward here. Um, I mean, trust me, in this documentary I'm doing, uh, yes, I think right. John, John quoted me as saying, uh, Leon has a technique to be able to, like as far as a baloney detector goes, but he, I think he worded it like, uh, can uh, find a person who's conning a person faster than a pack rat can in the middle of in a barn, you know, and you can, and that's why if you use if you use the baloney detection kit, you can tell whether a person, just by saying that, I'm waiting to hear a scientific term out of their mouth about what scientific term they're using in regards to research. Because if they're not using that, then there's no way I can trust what they're saying. So I'm sorry I'm a little agitated here. Uh, well, I'm not agitated. I'm just agitated okay. at the, the narration I'm hearing over to my right here without... Uh, with no one responding, I see a few people responding back to him, and I'm not attacking you, Raptor, because I appreciate some of your comments. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, I'm attacking, attacking you, 
raptor. But, but I'm not attacking anybody because I'm drawing a line in the sand about the insanity that's out here, and it is insane. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not affiliated. We, we're aware of each other, and we're moving in the same sort of general direction. Yeah. And, and there's the ship happening online, and people won't like I mean, it. We do interact again, like, I mean, full disclosure, you know, I've host co-hosted, you know, a dozen episodes of, uh, you know, re researchers report on Bigfoot Odyssey's channel, but I'm not, I don't interact with Carrie about this mission, you know, like I have no, I have no details, like I'm general, <laughs> yeah, yeah, meeting, yeah. But, yeah, like I'm not a part of that. I'm not. I'm not a part of the Florida thing. 168 hours. That's like I'm not a part of that. Yeah. So that's their thing, not ours. Um, yes, exactly. I gotta get going. So I'm not sure if you're gonna shut the show down. Uh, are you gonna keep going, or because I need to say something to Stephen Thomas before I go? If that's the case, so. Uh, I will then. Let me yeah. just share it, and then you can do whatever we're, you want to do. How we're over that? two hours here. So. Yeah, yeah, we're over two hours. We've done enough for today. <laughs> I mean, I, dude, I, I can either shut it down. If you need to say something to them in private, you know, then I can shut it down. Yeah. Well, um, I, okay. Yeah, because it's been long enough. Mm -hmm. you know? um, hey, everybody. Thank you for bringing out tonight. So happy birthday, Pat. Happy birthday, Pat. Happy hey. birthday, Pat. I finally, caught a buzz. Yeah, I finally caught a buzz. You can probably hear it in my uh, yeah. Yeah. way of talking. Uh, so, fun night. Like, I want to get this panel back on, this exact same panel, for a flat earth discussion. It's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. We're going to talk about flat earth, damn it. Um, it's going to happen. Uh, but thanks, guys. Thanks for watching tonight. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to go into the after after show. This private thing's going to be said. It's gonna, it would blow your mind if you were here. Maybe maybe I'll leave it pulled up. Oh, yeah, we're done, guys. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Say no more. <laughs> but no, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, everybody. Like, uh, a lot of great people in chat tonight. And, uh, and yeah, like um, even Raptor, Raptor's comments being they're welcome here. You can you can hundred percent. You put everything out like whatever you want to say, man. Just don't say portals. That's not allowed here. Um, it, <laughs> it's clearly a flying spaghetti monster. And with that, I'm going to end the broadcast. Good night, everyone. <laughs>